Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to My Favourite Takeaway, the show for people who love food. Can't always be bothered to cook it. I am Tom Crane and with me as always is the wonderful... Simran Shah. How are you, Sim? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Tom, I made a curry yesterday. I thought I was doing a really good job. I nearly said very on brand, but I thought that might be... But you said it anyway. <laughs> if, if you'd said I cook fish and chips, I would never have said very on brand. What would you have said? Who does that? Who cooks fish and chips? That's what you said. I was in how exotic for you. <laughs> so I, you cooked a curry. Let's, let's find out very briefly. What was it? So this is the thing. When you cook curries at home in Indian households, you don't give it a name. But I, I messed it up because I over-toasted the fenugreek seeds. I crushed oh. them. I put them in the curry. After 45 minutes, I tasted it. I should have been tasting it more often and earlier in the process. Yep. And it was bitter. And I was like, I can't eat this. <sighs> this is terrible. I was faced with a dilemma. Do I just throw the whole thing away and start again in half the time because I was hungry? Or do I try and repair and fix it? And I decided to throw the lot away and okay. start again from scratch. And I made a better curry in half the time. And nice. I don't, there's some lesson in life there. So yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay, <laughs> there's something doing fenugreek, and it's something. And what time? Was, what was this um, bus replacement service of the curry that came in as your secondary option? I refer you back to my previous answer, which is there's not a name for it. Tomato, coconutty, prawny thing. So was it improved? Had you just kind of, of created it's the curry? What? I only ever wow. did curry improv. What are you talking this is about? So cool. Is it yeah, that's we've really done this for thirty odd episodes? No Indians <laughs> are following a recipe for making so a curry. Growing up in an Indian household, you wouldn't go. I'm going to make, for argument's sake, a Dan sack or whatever it happens to be. No, it would just be, well, we'll play with the spices, we'll see what the... Absolutely not. There is not one Indian household that is going to be like, I'll have a chicken boona tonight and I'll make it from scratch. You're not doing that. It's an insult. Okay. Your grandmother would be sitting, what the hell are you talking about? So anyway. Rolling her eyes. Rolling her eyes. Definitely now. You mentioned the idea of repairing your curry. I've now got a new idea for a TV show, which is basically, it's repair shop. Very popular for food. So people bring in dishes that have, that have gone wrong midway through the cooking. <laughs> and there's a skilled chef there who goes, well, I'll sort this for you. It's just a bit of seasoning. Every time. Yeah, exactly. It's just put a bit of salt in, <laughs> carry on. It's the equivalent of Tevi turn it back on and off again. Right, let's get on with the show. Let's do it. Have we got any correspondence? Yes, we do. Got an email here from Joe from Essex. And the subject is subliminal messaging. She says, hi, guys. I've just listened to the Marcus Brigstock and Rachel Paris app where they mention how they say, well, this has got takeaway written all over it. And it made me chuckle as my husband and I 
have our own unique way of suggesting when to get a takeaway too. <laughs> we go for a subtle subliminal messaging approach where one of us goes, I don't currently know what you fancy for dinner. Nice. I don't know how, but it seems to work every time that our skillful subliminal techniques <laughs> always prompt each other to reply, fancy curry. How genius is that? <laughs> it's hardly the imitation game, is it? We're not, we're not talking about Bletchley Park here trying to get through that code. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's very Darren Brown, is it? I mean, <laughs> you've just put the word like, curry in your question of what do you fancy for dinner. Do you know what? We mock this, but I'm absolutely going to start doing that now. It's fun. It's playful. It is fun. It, it is seems playful. like cool, fun people. You know, yeah. life's too serious. It's what you need. A bit of joy, a bit of lightness, a bit of levity. <laughs> Should we try it? Try, you try and subtly tell me using this code that you want to have, have a takeaway tonight. I'll tell you what, I'll drop it in at some point later and see if you pick up on it. Okay, perfect. Would you like to introduce our guest? And I will have one ear peeled for the point where you mentioned you want to have a yes. takeaway because it's definitely going to be in this section now. Our guest is Susie Curry-Dent. And Susie <laughs> is... <laughs> nice, lovely. Susie's obviously the fantastic lexicographer on 8 out of 10 Cats' Countdown. And Countdown, and she is a wonderful guest who is not just brilliant with words, but really, really fun talking about takeaways. And she's actually got two books out and is on tour. She has a book called Interesting Stories About Curious Words. And her second book, which is out on the 5th of October, 2023, is called Roots of Happiness, 100 Words for Joy and Hope. Tom, I'm going to give you three of those 100 words now. They are lovely. Mubble Fubbles. Giggle mug and for bliss. Do you want to have a guess right. at what mubble fubbles means? Mubble fubbles. Let's go with when you're confused and in a bit of a head spin. Everything's rushing and yeah, you're 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 making okay. a mess of something. Not bad. Not bad. Let's go to giggle mug. Giggle mug is the hilarious mug that you're given at Christmas by a naughty friend. You put tea in it and then there's something on the front and their clothes fall off. Okay, it's gone quite literal there. For bliss. <laughs> For bliss would be the feeling of ultimate relaxation. Okay, not bad. So for the first one, Mubble Fubbles, it's not head spin, but it is a yeah. slightly sad mood. Ah. For the second, Giggle Mug, it's not a mug that you give your naughty friend, but it is someone who never stops smiling. And I guess ah. in a way they are a bit of a mug if they never stop smiling. For <laughs> bliss, close to ultimate relaxation, it's extremely happy. So there you go. For Bliss is exactly the perfect description of how we felt after this episode. Delighted to say we are joined by the wonderful Susie Dent, whose takeaway has turned up on time, which is not always the case for this show. It's a rarity. <laughs> Often the food has turned up after the record has finished. <laughs> so it's good to see food here. What what have you ordered and from where? Let's 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 kick off with that. Okay. Well, I thought I'd go for something a little bit different. So there's a lovely local family-run Greek deli near me called Manos. And uh, Manos is Greek and he does the most amazing salad. So I'm going to show you what I've got here, which is feta salad, of course, tabule, chickpeas, aubergine, maybe. And this rather special clay pot. I have Oh yeah. It was delivered in a clay pot. Yes, which you get to keep. It's, it's gorgeous, isn't it? And it uh, is veggie moussaka, uh, which I happen to know is also really delicious. So, uh, yeah, I've got both of those. Does it feel like the price of the pot has been included in the dish? Is it one of those no. ones where you go, oh, okay, that's amazing, because that feels like the sort of thing I'd buy from a souk on holiday and I'd bring back a pot <laughs> on the wall, <laughs> rather than the plastic Tupperware I'm used to for my takeaway. I, I know what you mean. Um, but, well, A, it's good he's not doing plastic, and B... 
well, it's probably cheaper than if I made moussaka and it's a hell of a lot better. But obviously it's a family run deli, so it's probably slightly more expensive, but honestly it's worth it and definitely for a treat. So this is called Manos and this is where where in, is this in London? Where is this? It's, no, it's, I'm in Oxford and it's in Jericho, which is slightly bohemian, very beautiful part of um, of Oxford, quite close to the centre. So why why are you a fan of this sort of food? Why Why have you gone for this food? I've gone for it because it's healthy for a start, uh, because you probably both know what it's like. But when we're filming Countdown, I feel incredibly spoiled. We're up in Media City in Salford. Um, I feel really spoiled because there's so many lovely restaurants around us, but it is still takeaway. So everything we eat all day, every day is something from one of the many takeaway places, which <laughs> is lovely, but they're really salty and also sometimes lacking in fresh veg. So sometimes when I come back, the first thing I'll eat is a jacket potato because I just for some reason long for a jacket potato when I come back. I wouldn't say those two things necessarily follow. That you've been starved of fresh veg to the first thing you have when you come back is a jacket potato. I should make it clear. Yes, I have jacket potato with huge amounts of salad. Okay. And um, yeah, so no, it does. It, it comes with all the good stuff. But it's just, I just want plain food. I just want something yeah. that hasn't been touched, I think, by other hands. So that's why for this takeaway, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do something special. So I went to Manos. Lovely. Have you been to Greece? I have been to Greece, but a long time ago. Uh, I went to Rhodes and completely melted. That's on my abiding memory. I was about 12 and it was so, so hot, uh, but beautiful. And oh, I went to Simi, which I, again, when I was young, and I think it's one of the Peloponnese islands. And I just remember sitting, I was kind of teenage, romantic, wistful, slightly melancholy and watching sponge divers for hours. And that's pretty much the story of my life, sitting on my <laughs> own, uh, watching people and lost in my head. That sounds like bliss. Susie, would you would you say you like to eat at a leisurely pace in general, or do you like to eat at a sort of faster pace? Because if you if that that kind of Greek Mediterranean vibe, it's a sort of take your time situation. Whereas I feel here, especially with the takeaways, you're shoving that stuff down, you're moving on with your day. <laughs> I know, and that's so sad. I don't speak Spanish as well as I should, but I think they have a word sobre misa or something which I just gave an Italian twist, but it means um, it means the conversation that you have at the table once dinner is finished. It's one of those kind of lovely, slow, oh. leisurely exchanges. And I wish we had that. And I, in Italian, there is also a word, which is passeggiata, which is the kind of Sunday afternoon stroll, yeah. which often precedes like cake and coffee and stuff. And you go out to be seen by friends and to see friends, but you don't arrange to meet them. It's just everyone is there. And I just... I feel quite sad that we don't have any of that, that we just go to the local shopping centre and, and Mackie D's. I, I don't know. It, uh, so I would love to have that kind of lifestyle, but sadly we don't. I suppose the weather is a key component of yes, that, isn't it? In, in the, the, yeah. the sun is what draws you outside when you're abroad. And that, that's, I'm always sort of strolling through city streets in a way that I live in London. And I never I never do that at all. It's so no. much to see, but it's kind of, you know. That is very true, actually. Although with the kind of hotter summers coming our way, for good or bad, I suppose, maybe we'll have more more city. And during COVID, everyone sat outside. That was actually one of the few positives. See, this is the good aspect of global warming. Never, No one ever talks about the, the benefits of global warming. You always hear the negatives, don't we? All this rising <laughs> sea levels, all this sort of stuff. But, you know, Where it's it. Yeah, you, you you can you can now have your olives and anchovies outside, which I think is what which, which is what's <laughs> lovely. So, Susie, take us back to growing up. Did you have a lot of takeaways growing up, or were you, or or, or was that something you did later? Definitely later. So, um, no, my mum was a stay-at-home mum. Always cooked fresh food for us. 
probably found it quite boring actually I don't I think she she kind of loved baking I'm not sure she loved cooking so really lucky from that point of view and I remember on a Friday night the whole family would go out and we'd have a wonderful Indian meal somewhere or I tell you what family secret my dad's idea of a good time after we had gone to the library on a Saturday morning which was really fun and I loved it as you can imagine I loved it and I swapped all my lovely books and got new ones we would go and hang out at the Little Chef do you remember Little Chefs of course yeah and I would always have their pancakes which were kind of American pancakes stacked with maple syrup and I don't even think we had berries I think it was ice cream that was lovely for my sister and me, that was really special. Sometimes we're going to have fish and chips in um, Jack's place, it was called, in Egham, and we were sitting. But we didn't go to posh places, we just went. But, you know, it was it was still a dream for us. It was still really special. I, I remember that excitement of Little Chef as a child. Do you? Oh, good. It's not just me. Hugely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, going down to Cornwall, we used to go, that's where we'd go on holidays in the, in the summer. And yeah. the treat of stopping, especially because it was like part of what was such a boring unbelievably long drive when yeah, you're eight really <laughs> yeah. yeah no feeling it was ever going to end and this little yeah. chef would appear a beacon of lights completely oh i'm glad i'm not the only one there because i i felt like all my friends were going somewhere much posher than us and we would just um we would end up there but that no, was really fun do little chefs exist now though i think there's one left weirdly oh and wimpies wimpies we loved as well um although i have a very sad memory of a wimpy when i had just had my first braces put in and they were the ones that were uh, were permanently attached they were fixed braces i couldn't take them out and i just remember weeping because i couldn't eat any of my favorite food so that's <laughs> slightly marred the wimpy memory <laughs> what what was your favorite food what what do you remember your wimpy order Oh, just classic burger, burger, burger. Because it was named after Popeye's Wimpy, wasn't it? And and you remember Wimpy and Popeye's just got these stacks yeah. of burgers. And that was just always the dream. So I did, I have only been veggie for how long? Probably about 13 years now. So yeah, burgers galore. We actually did a burger special of this show a few episodes ago. And Josh Widdicombe chose the Wimpy Burger. Oh, amazing. As his favourite because <laughs> it was served on a plate. And he thought this was True. the big thing for him. Was He was all yeah. about formalized it and felt like how it should be done yes that's so true no paper and also they had those amazing ketchup bottles that were shaped like tomatoes yes i loved those i love yeah, them me too i wouldn't like it when it starts to get a bit congealed at the top mm, i know you know what well, i mean that's the same Ooh. with any ketchup bottle it's a real design flaw my dad was quite tight growing up with money so he's always trying to save money and he one of the ways he'd do it he would water down the ketchup with vinegar so we got to halfway through a ketchup bottle he would top it up with another third of vinegar so Halfway through ketchup bottle, the ketchup suddenly became disgusting. <laughs> but also just came out very quickly. Exactly, yeah. It genuinely <laughs> did, yeah. Uh, and and so washing up liquid was topped up with water. Everything was, basically everything in the house was being constantly <laughs> topped up by something else. I thought you were going to say, washing up liquid was topped up with ketchup. It was a nightmare in the <laughs> house. It's a really confusing place. <laughs> exactly. Growing up, you didn't have many takeaways apart from these occasions. Was, yeah. there, was there a point in your life when, let's say, when you were a student or, or or have you always, have you been someone who cooks for themselves quite a lot? What, what's your relationship with food? I, no, I, I do love takeaways and probably have more takeaways than I should. So I studied in Oxford. I promise I did go away between now and then. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I mean, there were loads of amazing kebab fans here and great chips. And there's still a kebab van that comes near me, actually. And we had some last night with just garlic mayo and a big... But hopefully biodegradable plastic polystyrene thing of chips that 
you can't beat those. Great. That sounds delicious. Is this a kebab fan that pulls up near your house? Is this oh, a kind no, of a regular... great to have oh, an okay. ice, ice, ice cream styling. No, it's not an ice cream <laughs> kebab van, Craig. Where does that exist? <laughs> I was imagining it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the music be for a kebab van. Well, Turkish-inspired music. Some, some kind of chime from, yeah, from Turkey, wouldn't it? It'd be whatever yeah. it would be, the, the you know, national anthem, possibly. But yeah, it's, it's a nice idea. You do get mobile fish chip vans, don't you? But they don't exactly yeah. come to your house. That's a good but, question. Why is the ice cream van the only van that goes around looking for customers? Why is it not a burger van that's searching around, stopping on corners? Because the ice cream van world is quite mafiosa-like, isn't it? So they've not okay. allowed anyone else in. It's a racket over oh. there. Great. That's why. So other cuisines are desperately trying to start this, and they're going, you're having none of it. Yeah, you're absolutely having none of it. <laughs> you, hear, you heard it here first. It's based on nothing rather than a hunch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. I like it. Kebabs at dawn. I think that's a, I think that's a good market option. Kebabs at dawn. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, but as a student, so I discovered those then. Uh, but also there was very close to my college. Um, it's not there anymore, but there was this lovely French bakery. And so we would be kind of teetering home at 2 a.m. after being up to no good in a club or something. And we would pass and all the bakers would be there already preparing all the croissant and stuff for the next morning. And we would forlornly yeah. just tap on the window. And because, you know, we were probably looking very desperate, uh, quite often they would come and they would give us a croissant each, which was very sweet of them. Oh, that's and, so amazing. Yeah. So that, that was one of my favourite takeaways. So there's a hack then. If people are willing to go to bakeries at two in the morning, they can get free pastries. <laughs> well, I don't know if they do it anymore. Maybe that's why they went out of business. But um, but yeah, a bag of hot croissant, that was just the best thing after a night out. Um, so yeah, so I started to have takeaways when I could afford them then. And there's a lovely pub. Um, on St. Giles in Oxford called the Eagle and Child, which is very famous because a literary group called the Inklings went there, which included C.S. Lewis and Tolkien. And that was the most amazing pub food when I was a student. And the best was homemade lasagna and chips. Sounds an odd combo, but it was so good. That was, yeah. yes, I missed that. So yeah, so I had my fair share and then moved to America. So where were you in America? I was at uh, Princeton because I wanted to study a bit more, but also I wasn't ready for a job and I wanted to go to New York and Princeton's just outside. Do you, do you remember the food much there? At that time, I don't know if it's the same now, but everything that you would expect from sort of Ivy League undergrads was true of a certain proportion of the students. So they would wear shorts from sort of March and um, <laughs> Oxford shirts and that kind of thing. And I wore a lot of black at that stage and I had, would have these big hoop earrings, coal eyeliner. I wasn't a goth. But I did wear a lot of black. So I was immediately kind of different. Plus, I spoke with a very, obviously, British accent. And yeah. I suppose I've always felt like a bit of an anomaly. But I don't mind it. I don't mind sitting on the on the edges of things. And I discovered this great diner that none of the undergraduates or even graduates actually went to because it was Princeton. There's a, there was a big divide between Princeton Township, which was quite posh, and Princeton Borough, which wasn't. And I, I remember there was a shop called Edith Lingerie. In, in Princeton Township, which was just full of very old looking, well, old fashioned looking sort of knickers and things. It just yeah. didn't work in a thriving student town. Anyway, behind <laughs> Edith Lingerie was a really lovely but slightly seedy diner. And it was absolute classic sitcom style diner run by um, a slightly overweight but lovely proprietor and um, his slightly down at heel um, I don't know if she, I don't think she was his partner, but she just worked for him. And I'd go in and I would have a um, grilled cheese and tomato sandwich and sit 
and just work usually and I was the only I never saw anyone else from the university there now I loved it I really loved it because it was it was very down at heel but just felt very welcoming and were you sitting at the bar as in in the movies you know is is, is it a classic store or were you finding a little booth in the corner where are you doing your yeah okay always a little booth um facing the door uh nursing my sandwich and a cup of coffee and yeah oh actually I think I was addicted to Diet Coke when I was at Princeton actually because I had it on tap even at breakfast so it's probably Diet Coke and a grilled cheese sandwich. And I was very happy. And how did you find the food in America? Did you enjoy the food cuisine there? Or did, it, did, did you miss British food? I mean, I mean, that's not something you normally hear someone say, but did you, was it, <laughs> what, what, what was your experience? Well, there are in New York, you will, there are a lot of, you know, British stores, which, I mean, the price is ridiculous, but you can usually get what you want. But I did, whenever friends came over, I asked for Branston Pickle. I really missed that. So that was something I kind of held on to. But otherwise, no, it was it was lovely food. And then later, when I was working for Oxford University Press, they have an office in New York. So I would go there every year. And then I would sample the good stuff, like the soft shell crab and the things I couldn't have afforded as a student. So, yeah, so that was great. So I, the New York cuisine was, was amazing. Um, Princeton cuisine was standard. When you came back to the UK... What was your sort of split during the week between ordering food in and cooking? Well, when I came back to OUP, well, now I came back to London because uh, my boyfriend at the time was in Camden. So I stayed there and applied for as many jobs as I could. And then I got the job at OUP and had by that time moved into my own flat, which I didn't own. It was a, a sort of slightly fair rented flat in Soho. Off Broadway, oh, it was on Broadwick Street, looking down onto Brewer Street. That's very central, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it was is about <laughs> as central London as you can possibly get in yeah. the middle of the busiest bit in the busiest bit of London. <laughs> exactly, and the market was there every morning, and you could hear, you know, panda pack. Oh, it was just brilliant. I yeah. loved it, and it when the rent was actually really quite reasonable, so we were really lucky. And it was kind of passed on from friend to friend, and I thought, I'm not moving from here. Even though I've got a job in Oxford. I'm going to commute because this is too good. And I was in my 20s and it was just, you know, I just thought this is the place to be. So I would take the Oxford Tube, which is a bus service from Marble Arch to OUP every day and then back again. Which actually, surprisingly, I just I didn't really get too tired about it until about a year in. And every time I came back in the evening, I would then go out to eat and meet friends. So I was on 13,000 a year when I started. Practically all of that, apart from rent, went on food around the place because there's I don't know if you know that area, but yes, Andrew Edmonds is still there on Lexington Street. That was a lovely place to go for a treat. Or there was an Alistair Little restaurant, which I couldn't really afford, but went there sometimes. So all your money would be really your spare money was going into eating out, basically. In, yes. Yeah. Well, so some of the best restaurants in London are around there. You know, and you've exactly. got easy walk to Chinatown, all this fantastic food. Exactly. So it was kind of too good to be true. On the days that I did eat, I'm afraid I was really unadventurous and I didn't cook much. It was a fairly tiny kitchen. And when I came back from work and I didn't have a sort of evening thing planned, I would get myself a Findus Ocean pie, and <laughs> which I loved. And loads of salad so I've always been slightly weird about having loads and loads of lettuce with a dressing that was always lots of raw garlic which I still love to this day and oil and vinegar and stuff so the ocean pie bit was probably really not very good for me but but I did try and balance it out so were you eating the pie out of the container in which it was in which you bought it or were you putting it out onto a plate okay yeah onto a plate with loads of salad yes 
where are you eating it? Are you eating it at a table? Are you eating it on the sofa? Are you eating it in bed? I don't, what, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, always on a table. So there was a table that looked, looked down onto um, uh, Broadwick Street. So you could see all along it, really. And I'd be quite happily sitting there on my own and didn't really drink. I was just quite happy with a glass of water and my Finder's ocean pie. I hadn't thought about that for years. What about now, then? So if you're getting a take, if you're getting a takeaway now, yeah. Similarly, are you the sort of person that sits at a table and eats it formally like that? How are you enjoying a takeaway? Okay, so when I'm with the kids uh, and we get a takeaway, I don't usually have takeaways on my own. So when we have a takeaway, we particularly in the winter, I will put on a fire, uh, a log fire, and we will either watch the telly or talk. But I've got this bench in my front room which is um it's a bit like a big tree trunk but it is kind of flat and we'll kneel around and eat off that yeah it's not formal at all so you, you kneel around it yeah we all kneel we might grab a cushion oh, that's quite that's nice. like itchy sort of koi carpet so okay. <laughs> grab a cushion <laughs> kneel on that yeah and then and chat. And chat or watch telly if that's really nice i would find that too uncomfortable for me would you oh well, i think i'm too fidgety okay I, oh, yeah, I, think, okay. I think i'd be getting up and then trying to sit down on it, so then get him back down again and move my feet. Well, that's me because I actually the kids always have a real go at me because I'm very restless. It's the moment I sit down, I realise I haven't got anybody a drink, so I have to get up and do that, or I realise that yeah, yeah, something like that. So I'm afraid I am probably very annoying to eat with because I'm always getting up and down. What sort of takeaway order are you? Are you an over orderer? Are you someone who sticks to the same things? How how would you describe your how you approach hmm. that? Do I over order? I don't mind overordering though, because then you can have it the next day. So uh, what I tend to do when we have our takeaway from a really good Indian restaurant near here is we have lots of veggie side orders. So the kids aren't veggie, but they do love all the things like dal or chana masala or Bombay potato, etc. And um, so we have all of those with some rice or something and rice and and then heat it up the next day again if it's still there, even the night yeah. as well. So I doesn't really I don't feel like we ever waste stuff. I'm not a great fan of takeaway pizza. I just feel like after the first slice, you know exactly what you're getting and it's just yeah. comes a bit cheap. <laughs> yes. That is actually not the first criticism of that kind we've had about about pizza. You're sort of bored of it when you're when you're four or five slices in because you know what you're getting. Marcus yeah. Brinkstock was the person who said that actually. Oh, Marcus Brinkstock said that he he just finds pizza repetitive as a, as a takeaway choice. It is, and there are some um, I won't name names, but there are also some uh, restaurants which also do takeaways. Say they do noodles or that kind of thing. Where I feel exactly the same. You sort of have two mouthfuls, and it's just like it's hard to explain because of course. Once you've had a mouthful of something, you've got a lot more to eat. But there's just something about that particular chain. I feel very strongly about this with soup, generally. That's my uh, of thing. Of course. Soup, yeah, I get that. Where there is no <laughs> chain. It's relentless. It it's is. It's just the same consistently. Texture, same texture, same everything. Yeah, not yes. a fan. Now, this actually brings me to a format point, which is made particularly for this episode. Okay. With pizzas, do you use a dip? Do you, are you someone who enjoys a dip? Ah. I'd like to introduce <laughs> our new format point, which is Dictionary Corner. Oh, so, <laughs> that is brilliant. What are your oh. what are your top three dips? That's what I want in Dictionary Corner. I'd like to know your top three dips. Okay. 
Always garlic mayo or aioli if you want to be yeah. posh. That's number one. Very nice. Two, I quite like the sort of tzatziki type thing. Got actually got here. Do you like that when it's lump like when it's sort of lumpy when it's got the sort of yes, I like mm, the lumpiness, the heavy bits in it. Yes, yeah, yeah heavy yeah, okay. herbs and cucumbers and things. So like with the, with the writer, that kind of fits into the same thing. And if I've got a packet of Pringles. Then Thousand Island, always. Thousand Island. That is such a good choice. That is such Ugh. a good choice and a rare one. Is it? Also, oh. I get confused between Thousand Island and Rosemary. Oh, yeah. Like Prawn Marie Rose. It's the same thing. Is it, it the same be. thing? It's just mayonnaise and ketchup, isn't it? But isn't that burger sauce mayonnaise and ketchup? Oh, no, maybe. I think there's more acidity to it. To Thousand Island, maybe. I just remember when... When when I was little, restaurants didn't really do starters. In fact, I don't really have starters still. But I remember not wanting the prawn cocktail or whatever it was. And so I would always go for what was always on the menu as a possible starter, which was a glass of pineapple juice, because it was so exotic. <laughs> it was exotic. so exotic that that was my starter. Yeah, this is bringing back so many brilliant memories. A glass of pineapple juice would be your starter because it was exotic. That would be my starter. But it was on the menu as a starter, so it wasn't just me being weird. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's an off-menu choice, but okay. We'll oh, no. go. We'll... I had an awful situation with starters about a year ago. I went out for a meal with Josh Whittaker, who's a very close friend of mine, and his wife and my wife. We went to a restaurant, and they recognised Josh, and as a thank you for coming to the restaurant, they gave us all oysters, gave us all an oyster. But nobody in our group likes oysters. Oh, no. And... For some reason, it became my job through politeness to basically finish them all off. So whenever oh. the guy wandered away, I'd take someone else's oyster and go, oh, and have it until all six had gone. And then he came back and, oh, they were delicious. It's wonderful. But six in a row, because oh. I was the one person who wasn't quite so dead against them. Ugh. I've only ever tried one. That was that was enough. It's got nothing going for them. The consistency, the salt water, it's just, yeah, I apologise to all oyster files out there. It's a very real flavour. It is a very real flavour. Did you have it with Tabasco and, and stuff? Yeah, I, I did. When, when you tried it, Susie, how did you have it? I, I tried it at a friend's wedding, actually. And um, I'm not kidding when I say half the guests ended up in the hospital because of the oysters. Absolute truth. We had the same thing, Susie. I had exactly the same thing. Yeah. At your wedding? No, not my wedding. My friend's oh. wedding. Booting me and the bride. It's a risky thing to put on, isn't it? It is. So you ended up in hospital? Or just really bad food poisoning? Really bad food poisoning. Uh, I'd say about three or four people ended up going to hospital, but the, the, uh, it was a wedding of 200 people <laughs> and half of them were gone. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> Talk us through what happened. Well, I didn't hear about it until the day after, but I was, um, you know, the, the kind of platter arrived and there was this thing on there and I was talking to the bride's, my friend, it was the groom actually, his parents who I who were kind of childhood friends so I couldn't refuse it. And they were all quaffing their, their oysters. I had absolutely no idea even where to begin. So I just kind of slurped this horrible thing down. So, but I was really lucky because I obviously had quite a good one or other people had lows. But I really struggle with seafood. I remember going to or being taken as a treat to one of the Conran yeah. restaurants, Pont de la Tour. Yes, yeah, yeah. By Tarbridge. And, and all this amazing stuff that would arrive on this platter. And I had zero idea how to use all these tools that came with them. <laughs> And again, feeling too embarrassed Awful, to yeah, ask. Yeah. I just tried to use my fingers and it just... Ugh. Would you say you're risk averse when it comes to trying new things? Oh, no, I will always always try something. Um, as long as I can get to it and don't have to use a chisel, I will definitely try. 
Yeah, because actually being a veggie, a vegetarian, there's very little really that will be presented to you that will be absolutely disgusting because you're not going to get any of those dog's bollocks. You just get another vegetable, but in a usually in a really nice way. So I, maybe it doesn't count so much. So you mentioned this food poisoning disaster, which brings us neatly to something we always ask our guests about here. Have you ever had a culinary disaster or a takeaway disaster? Has it, is there something in your life where it's, it's gone wrong? Yes. Perfect. Quite frequently. Um, <laughs> so I did once you genuinely in my cookery lessons, I went to a convent and most of the nuns who were also teachers were, were lovely, but there were a few that weren't, uh, including Sister Mary, who was our cookery teacher. And she immediately assumed that I was a fusspot, which I probably was. And she would come up to me, she said, Jesus, Mary, mother of God, you're such a whatever, and have a real go at me. And in my confusion, genuinely, it's very hazy. So it sounds like I'm making this up. But, you know, people say, oh, I use salt instead of sugar, which is quite a standard thing. I actually used Epsom salt. (laughs) Whoa. But I don't understand where I got them from. I can't remember whether I brought them from home. That's That's not something which is just a hand. In that situation, it feels like you've had to actively had to find no. it. It's not Malden Epsom black pepper. No, I just don't know how they got into my cookery basket because we have baskets. <laughs> but anyway, so I do remember that. That was a disaster. And she tried it. And I, I kind of remember secretly hoping that there would be some after effects for her. Very briefly, what was what was the food like in a convent? Was it a convent school? Yeah. What was the food like? I had a particularly bad instant with I, I hated cold meat and particularly sort of fatty grisly meat and it was always grisly and if you didn't finish your lunch um occasionally you would be made to sit at a table outside the main dining room until you've chewed and finished oh, wow. it so lots of occasions where i hid it in my cheeks and stuff at my listening. i am yes and um, <laughs> um and uh would you know regularly get criticized for that but great pudding so all the standard really? puddings that you hear about like yeah all those you see i really liked you remember the i don't know if you had school lunches but they would have that jam coconut oh, yeah desiccated coconut and um and jam and custard and i've just always loved puddings like that oh i love that stuff that yeah, is that is really good yeah i love it is that the one loophole as a nun your one area of sort of <laughs> i don't want to say joy <laughs> but puddings yeah it's, it's a sort of vir- virtuous sin type thing yeah but a bit of red wine, but it was a, i have to say it was a lovely school and the reason it was such a good school for me is that it wasn't uh, it wasn't very noisy because you weren't allowed to be noisy and it was very ordered and you sat down and you were. Whereas I think today, um, you know, there's quite a lot of kind of noise and you could get really distracted. I didn't like any of the workshoppy type things. I just wanted to sit down and work. So it really suited me. Yes, I will always be grateful for that. Not not Sister Mary, but <laughs> but yeah, the pud- puddings were good. My grandmother, just briefly, was brought up Methodist and she was so strict about this. She, so my mum signed the Oath of Temperance, all this sort of stuff when she was eight. But my uh, my grandma wouldn't have a pudding with alcohol in it. I remember that when I was, literally would not would refuse. So if there was pudding with anything at Christmas, you'd have the Christmas pudding with would not have any of that stuff. I don't like alcohol in food by choice. I don't like sherry trifles. I'm the same. Yeah, mm. I don't. I especially don't like chocolate cognac stuff. No, I, it just doesn't. It, like, like yeah, yeah, chocolate yeah, liqueurs, cracking into a chocolate and having some rum in there. I'm like, what is this doing in here? It should be caramel. What the heck? What the caramel? Hell is this? Yeah, what have I, I got wrong totally in a previous life? 
I totally the same. That for me is up there with raisins in your couscous or, or oh, the yes. classic pineapple pizza thing. I don't like fruit on savory stuff either. Before we uh, sort of wrap up, we just couldn't not have this conversation with you. So apparently you've got some okay. words prepared that relate to takeaways of some kind. Is that true? Or food. It's more like it's more food. Yeah. Food is yeah. fine. Yeah. Food is fine. Yes. So do you want to hit us with them? Okay. And you've got to try and come up with the meaning, right? Okay, so I'll start with something which is quite easy, probably, and and could refer to takeaways, and that is belly cheer, which is a few centuries old. Belly cheer. I'm going to go for the rumbling of the stomach, the noises that the stomach makes. Oh, you mean like a cheer? When yes, that's go, how I was imagining oh, I it. Yeah, okay. exactly. The, okay. The, exactly. It's basically applauding the meal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking a sort of collective rejoicing at the food that, that you've eaten. Yeah, no, that's quite good. I think someone you're. I think you're close to here because it is um, comfort food. Oh, that's nice. You were generous by saying I was closer because I'm really. Was well, I think you not, were. Not, yeah. <laughs> okay, still quite far, but okay, still quite far. <laughs> but you'd have like you'd have lots of belly cheer at Christmas as well. So I think foods that make you happy. That's a lovely phrase. It's lovely. And there's also they also had for the kind of stuff that keeps you going and is a bit healthier. They had belly timber. Which is quite good as well. So this the kind oh, of so stuff that, that you sustains strong. you. Yeah. So that was a good one. What would be your if you can choose one food as your belly cheer, uh, Susie? Uh, I'm probably using that wrong in, uh, badly in the sentence, but uh, we are where we are. Uh, what would be uh, what would be your <laughs> choice? Oh, yes, I've already mentioned it. Any any kind of traditional puddings that could be spotted dip, could be treacle pud, it could be apple and blackberry crumble. Usually with custard and ice cream. Anything like that would be me. I love puddings. And then quickly on that, are you talking hot custard or cold custard? Oh, God, hot. Correct answer. Absolutely the correct answer. Do people have cold custard? I quite like cold custard on a hot sticky toffee pudding. Oh. I'd like a cold custard. I thought you were going to say hot, hot summer's day there. <laughs> a hot summer's day. I'd love a pint of cold custard, please. Thanks. Going up to the bar. Nothing <laughs> better, right. is there? Meeting your friends yeah. at the pub. Uh, can I get two IPAs, a glass of white wine, and just a pint of cold <laughs> custard, if that's all right? Yeah. I've got the powder, if you don't have it. <laughs> I think if it's yellowy bird's eye packet custard, that would be disgusting. But if it's the kind of creamy, lovely hot stuff that you get in a restaurant, I get that. All right. So the next one, then, is Lubberwort. Lubberwort. Lubber, L-U-B-B-E-R, and then W-O-R-T. I think you should go first this time, Simran. It's unfair. Lubberwort. Lubberwort sounds like the sort of thing you might find in your food, but don't, but shouldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that for me sounds like, or the, or or that could grow within you if you have eaten uh, some gone-off food. A lubberwort is someone who has eaten far too much food and is now in the corner groaning. You've become quite, look at that lover word. I love it. Okay, Tom, you're definitely yes. close to that because <laughs> it is, you know how, um, how sailors uh, would talk about anyone who was a bit oafish or whatever as, as a landlubber, somebody who doesn't know the sea. So it's the idea of a being a bit oafish and stupid, but the wort bit, a wort is like a plant kind of family plant uh so it actually meant junk food Ah. so it's the kind of stuff that land lovers would eat and get very fat on see i was kind of on the outskirts in a way you were you definitely were on that one okay go on what's next okay i love this one it's to conjobble conjobble i think to conjobble is to open up the cupboards see what you've got in there and sort of make a mishmash of different things yeah i like that i'm gonna conjobble something together that's what i'd say I haven't done a big shop, so I'm going to just have to conjobble whatever's in the cupboards. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. 
I think Conjobble says that you could be doing two things at the same time, and maybe it's the skill of talking and eating at the same time. That is amazing. That's a mad suggestion. That's totally brilliant, though, because you got the con bit, which was the with bit. With the with bit, yeah. Yeah, so to con jobble is to meet friends and have a, and, and have a gossip over over food. Oh, well done, Steve. So you're just having a chit-chat over food. That's amazing. That was totally spot on. Round of applause for that. So you're actually picking the words apart and thinking like that. I'm just thinking. I was. I was yeah. going. I was. I was. Thanks very much. That's yes, good. thanks. I was. No, but you just you got the etymology of that. Yeah. Uh, brilliantly. Okay, so now finally, I've got one for Christmas, and that is a Yule hole. <laughs> okay. You're up first, Sim. Yule hole. So is that when you've had so much Christmas food, you've had so mm-hmm. much food around Christmas time that you feel like you're stuck and you can't, you can't get up. Mm-hmm. You've eaten so much at Christmas, you can't, you can't move. Okay. So I feel from your reaction, Susie, because it wasn't quite as enthusiastic as one before. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not half exactly of what you said is correct. Half, half of it is Half of what good. you said, the fact that you'll, you'll yeah, rate the Christmas. So. Could you remind me again what you said, Simran? <laughs> just not that I'm going to use this to inform my answer. That you're saying is when you've had so much food. I that you're... said the, 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 the act of overeating at Christmas or something, the, the consequent, the feeling you have when you're overeating at Christmas. That you're in a your hole. So half of that is right. The act of the, okay, your hole. Let's go for the hunger on Christmas before your Christmas dinner. Ah. So are you looking forward to your Christmas dinner? Okay. I've got a real Yule hole going. <laughs> uh, Tom's answer just reminded me when you said you were hungry for Christmas that um, Roisin O'Connor said um, very recently that she dumped a boyfriend because on Christmas Day, when she had everything awaiting her, all this deliciousness, her boyfriend had porridge for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> she just said... I cannot go out with someone that has porridge on Christmas morning, uh, which is brilliant. Okay, so a Yule hole is the furthest notch on your belt that you have to resort to after Christmas That's so great. That is great. (laughs) It's a really good one, and it's 250 years old at least. What a great one that is. I love Amazing. Oh, that's really fun. Thank you so much. Those are really really fun words. I know. There are loads of fun words in our language. We just don't use them very often. Before you leave us, can I ask you one final question? Now, I'm not even sure you'll have an answer to this. Uh-oh. We often ask our guests, what is their go-to? Yes. 3 a.m., McDonald's or Domino's or KFC or ah. Drunken Order. Now, would you have one of those or am I asking entirely the wrong person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't now, probably. I mean, I do drink, but I don't think you would see me out up all night anymore. Yeah, pizza is always really good at that time. But I have to say, for me, it's always going to be chips. Whenever I just need comfort, solid stuff in my stomach that is just delicious, it will always be chips. With a variety of dips for dictionary corner. <laughs> yes, it's your dip of choice with a chip. Mm. Thousand Island. No, garlic mayo. Garlic mayo, lovely stuff. Yeah. Classy. It? Oh, it's a classy choice. Lovely. It's the classy choice, yeah. Okay, good. Well, an absolute joy uh, chatting to you. Thank you so much for, for spending your time with us. I'm aware you haven't touched your food. Oh, it's just been getting cold. No, it's because <laughs> you guys haven't got any food. That's very polite. We should leave you so you can now eat the food. I will. And also, yeah. I have to say, you know, on TikTok, they have this ASMR thing where people are eating crisps really close to the microphone. I just can't be doing with any of that. So I didn't want to give your listeners that. <laughs> Some of our listeners absolutely love it. Oh, do they? Yeah, they do. Okay, well, shall I have... <laughs> Hang on, let me have a tomato. That's an entirely silent tomato. 
I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's easy. It was like you were mining, eating a tomato. For, for, for our ASMR fans, I'm really completely let down. Really <laughs> angry <laughs> ASMR fans. It's probably yeah. the wrong trip. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. That's like that's from eating in a convent school. You've got to be nice and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably the wrong choice. Okay, come on, let's do some, let's cucumber, do some cucumber. This has got to be better, let's, right? Let's try cucumber. Signing cucumber as well. Should we try the masaka? Did you not hear that? <laughs> I guess I'm going to do it. Fair enough. Well, Susie, thank you so much. It's been a joy speaking to you and uh, enjoy your meal. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Contact the show on Twitter at Fave Takeaway Pod or Instagram on My Favorite Takeaway Podcast. You can email us with your stories of takeaway, woe, gripes, your worries on hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com. That was a wonderful Susie Dent there. Check out her books. Go and see her on tour. What a brilliant guest. Such a joy to speak to. We'll be back next week for the final episode of this series with the brilliant Ben Clark, who has been nominated twice for the Edinburgh Comedy Award as part of his sketch group, Pappies. He's a hilarious man and is literally one of the funnest episodes I think we've ever recorded. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for giving us your time. Once again, leave us a five-star review. Have a great week. See you later, Giggle Mugs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.